The Drop Back with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns Peak, and Joe Costanzo. Hi, and welcome back to the Drop Back Podcast. I am your host this week once again, Joe Costanzo, and I'm joined down the line by one of the most attractive pond dwellers I have ever met oh, in my stop life. It. I know. You Matthew flirt. Burns Peak. Howdy do How you Mr. doing, Joe? mate? I'm good. It's been a it has been a while. Hostess with the mostest now. Yeah, you are. You, you're you're officially the co-host that um, makes the Joe the most. Um, the most. Yeah. yeah. Good. So we've got a lot to talk about today. We do. Um, there are these things called the playoffs. They just happened last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the what? The wild card round in particular. And just before we get into that, a little little tidbit on the side here, because you know I love my tidbits. We, you do love your tidbits. I love the bits of tits. <laughs> <laughs> but the biggest tidbit that's coming out, other than the playoffs, of course, is uh, Jason Garrett finally got fired. He gone. Cowboys yeah, he's, fans he's, everywhere rejoice. He's out of here, finally. No more eight and eight seasons. Who have you got to replace him? Mike McCarthy. The McCarthy man. It's a, it is, it's, it's a bit of a strange one. Um, I mean, what do you think about this one, Joe? Good move, bad move? I mean, obviously Garrett um, had to go, but McCarthy, is he is he the guy, do we think? Yeah, I thought it's a bit... Because a lot of the Cowboys fans and sort of press had this whole envisioned idea of Urban Meyer, Lincoln Riley, or one of these big college uh, head coaches coming in and giving the Cowboys a try. But... Mm. It, I don't think if you're a Cowboys fan, and I thank God am not, um, <laughs> it, it, I I wouldn't really know what to think about this because it, obviously yeah. he he's won a Super Bowl, but how much credit can you really give Mike McCarthy for that offense that won the Super yeah. Bowl when it was effectively just run by Aaron Rodgers, the Batman um, in his prime? Yeah, so yeah, I'm a, a bit. Oh, sorry, I'm just a bit torn between you know what expectation versus reality here yeah i i i know what you mean joe and i think if you're a cowboys fan you want to look at this in the best possible way you've got to take it in terms of you know you could have had marvin lewis he was another candidate yeah. that was in that was interviewed as well and um they went with M- mccarthy in front of him it, it, it's a bit of a strange one to be honest, because mccarthy he's not a bad coach um since no. Since 2006, he's second in in the league for uh, playoff wins out of all the coaches. First is obviously Bill Belichick. He's a a, a demigod. You're never going to catch him. He's an extraterrestrial <laughs> man who came down from a different planet that does coaching. Um, but, you know, so McCarthy, McCarthy has got a decent pedigree. It's just the way that things sort of were left with him in Green Bay, it just seemed a bit strange. There was lots of talk about, um, you know, his coaching style and, and his man management ability there. It just feels like a bit of an anticlimactic, you know, hire. It doesn't it doesn't seem like a cowboy coach, if you know what I mean. And yeah, to happen so instantly as well, like it, like we were we were joking about it, but uh, Jason Garrett's body was barely barely cold yeah. by the time that Mike McCarthy got hired. He stayed the night at uh, Jerry Jones's house, Jerry and um, Jones jumped straight into bed with McCarthy while Garrett was still packing his things. It was it was pretty brutal. Yeah, it was pretty savage from from the Jerry man. But um, yeah, like either way, it beats Marvin Lewis. You, you, and it's true. kind of weird that you have to resort to. <laughs> They've resort even got to, to say thinking, that, but we yeah. could have had that. <laughs> 
Yeah, but I just think the expectations of what every every Cowboys fan was really excited to speculate about these these high profile college coaches compared to uh, yeah a Super Bowl winning coach, but mm. is it the right one? I'm not sure. No, I, I agree with that. I think it's it's a fairly safe hire, but it, I mean, it still doesn't address the biggest question that the Cowboys have going into the offseason this year, which is still the Dak Prescott uh, conundrum and how they build that roster and if he's the guy for them. So, um, I mean, I think Mick McCarthy will be fine. I don't think he's going to come in and galvanize the gal- the Cowboys, you know, franchise and, and, and bring it back to what it once was. I could be completely wrong, but he just doesn't strike me as that sort of charismatic up and coming exciting coach that that you'd maybe want to see there if you're a Cowboys fan. Yeah, and he just not necessarily I know obviously he had Aaron Rodgers, but he's not the biggest QB whisperer as you as people like to to call mm. it out of uh, the potential head coaches that the, all the names are swirling around. Mm. But you know, that's our 5 minutes of the Cowboys done. Uh, so let's we get can, into what we, really matters. Exactly, we don't have to talk about them again. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, so moving on, uh we've got the Sort of a recap of the wild card in just a few key takeaways here. One of the biggest takeaways, uh, as you've seen probably all over your YouTube recommended at this point, is uh, the Patriots dynasty. It's gone. Is it gone? It's over. Ryan Tannehill is a dynasty destroyer. You've heard it here first, fans. (laughs) Well, like a little recap on the game. Um, Tennessee basically got trumbled all over the Patriots defense with Derek Henry. He rushed for over a hundred yards in the first half, had over 180 yards in total on the game. Um, And he exposed what many people had kind of speculated around the Patriots defenses that they weren't that good against the run or against good rushing teams. Soft underbelly. Um, Yeah. And it just, a lot of people and myself included thought that this this matchup, the Tennessee matchup, was one of the worst matchups that uh, the Patriots could have had in the play, in the first round of the playoffs. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, and it's it was really interesting to sort of see just the reaction from everyone immediately after it happened. Just the speculation that the dynasty's done, it's all finished, and I want to hear our resident Dolphin fan's oh, yeah. opinion on the whole thing. Well, I, I want to first of all give a massive, uh, you know, kudos to Chris Greer and his master plan to, uh, first of all, basically play dead for the entire season and then beat the Patriots just before the playoffs to ruin their seeding, and then also nice. with even even better long term view, send Ryan Tannehill to the Titans to set him up to beat the Patriots. Outrageous GM play. Um, yeah, that, but, you know, that's I mean, some it, ridiculous moves right there. He's a straight up guru for that. But I mean, on, on a serious note, Derek Henry was absolutely fantastic. He was exactly the sort of player that that Patriots defense had no answer to. They seemed to have an answer to everything else. What, you know, number one receivers um, and, you know, well-balanced aerial attacks. They 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 took away with ease throughout the season, um, but they never really looked super convincing against strong rushing attacks, as you said. And Derek Henry just took it to them for the entire game. Um it was it was it was a bit of a strange one because I think again um, it wasn't hugely high scoring. It was another one of those things where we've seen it a few times, especially towards the end of this season, where the Patriots' offense just looked limp the whole game. Um, it looked like one of those games where yes, their defense was taking a bit of a pounding by uh, Derek Henry, but like I said, the score line wasn't ridiculous. It's, you still sort of felt that there was the opportunity there for them to rally and get something out of that game, as we've seen the Patriots do sort of a billion times in the last. 20 years um 
but it just it just never happened and i think it kind of for me i mean this might just be me holding out hope joe but i feel like this could be brady um I don't think he'll retire. I don't think this is the last we've seen of Tom Brady, but I think certainly the end of this season, we're going to see Brady next season. Maybe not in a Patriots jersey, but we are going to see him. But I don't think it's going to be the dominant Tom Brady that we've gotten used to over the last few years. Yeah, I I totally agree into, well, to some extent, at least that Brady won't be playing for the Patriots next year. Mm. I think if you look at what happened sort of at the end of the Manning era, when he just started to decline rapidly, um, it's hard to pinpoint whether or not this is necessarily Brady's fault in the yeah. sense that he hasn't been given the offensive weapons this year that he has in years past. And I know they have they seem to be, be grabbing random janitors and things like that to create a team, but the offensive production from the receivers and stuff has just hasn't been there this year at all. And that is true. They've had to rely a lot on Julian Edelman, who just, just was, has been injured the last few weeks. Um, and he's, he was their only really productive seat receiver this season. Uh, we were kind of, Patriots fans were hoping that Neil Harry uh, took, took a big step up, which he just didn't in that game. They yeah. looked a bit flat and they've kind of just looked flat all year. Like uh, like I said last week, if you score more than 17 points, you're likely to beat the Patriots just by the way they their offensive playing this year. And Which is madness I when think, you look back historically at how they've built their teams. Exactly. Like if you look back at the, well, I know it's a, this is now 13 years ago, but the 2007 Patriots that broke all the records in the world and you look, look at them now and it's amazing that they've been able to do what they can do in, in all hats off credit to them for to yeah. sustaining a 20 year long franchise is in the NFL in a salary capped league is, is amazing. Mm. But it, it, it seems like if they lose, Tom Brady this year, they're probably going to be, Bill Belichick is going to be scrambling to create an offense. Um, I know they're really keen on Jared Stidham and quite a lot of the Patriots brass are quite, quite keen on him as their backup QB. He had a pretty good preseason, but I mean, what's that to say now? Uh, And I don't know. It it seems like in that 2017 where there was, there was all that hype about, um, you know, Bill Belichick and, and Tom Brady, uh, being at ends with each other and yeah. Belichick wanted to get rid of Brady. Um, when there's smoke, I think there is kind of a bit of fire. Yeah. And I think Robert Kraft isn't going to have as much of a leg to stand on this year if, in the sense that if, if that is true, as he might have done in, in 2017, I think just mm. out of the production we saw, like we are starting to see maybe a decline. But I, I who do you think... Out of out of the teams in the NFL that you could imagine Brady on next year, yeah, I, you know that that's that's a difficult one because I think I feel like the Bengals are locked in on getting Joe Joe Burrows with that yeah. one overall pick. That's pretty much I think a, a done deal at this point. Um, other than that, and I know um, you know you and you and Slew have mentioned about the possibility of of uh, Brady in Miami sort of one year South deal, South Beach baby, South, a South Beach Brady, which would be really interesting emotional roller coaster to go on because I really can't stand Tom Brady, but he is good at winning. So um, I personally don't see that happening. I think that there are potentially a few other teams that could use a Brady. Um, but I mean, for me, the biggest, my, my biggest takeaway from this is if you look back to when they had, um, you know, like you're saying 2017, when they had the Garoppolo and, and the Brissette 
and they had a quarterback room which looked fantastic and looked like it could cope with if Brady went down injured or if Brady decided to ride off into the sunset. You look at the Patriots offensive, you know, not just the quarterback room, but the offense in general, it doesn't look like it, it could deal with losing its star quarterback. It doesn't look like it's in a position where they've yeah. got someone there. I know I mentioned didn't, but they don't seem to have a natural sort of heir who's ready and to, to, to go in and elevate the quarterback position from an aging Brady. It looks like if they do lose Brady, they're going to lose even more production from an offense which didn't you know hold its weight whatsoever this season. Yeah, if you lose him, who do you realistically replace him with now? Because two is probably going to be gone at that stage. And oh, I know yeah. you're keen on Stidham, but he is basically preseason hype, really, mm. at the end of the day. So uh, They've I got mean, to draft someone really... as well, but it's, it's a lot to put on a, a young QB, be they uh, you know, a, uh, you know, a second year or, or a rookie to you know, look, Brady's, Brady's gone. You, uh, you know, the keys are yours now. We're building around you. You've got, it's a bit of a Jesus. How do I follow that sort of moment? Um, which is why it, it, if you're a Patriots fan, it must be really strange to, to know that you were in such good position to be able to deal with this two years ago. And then you got rid of Garoppolo, you got rid of Brissett and you haven't really filled in that gap. Yeah, for sure. I think it, it's it's going to be weird seeing him another. I could imagine him going. Uh, there's a, there's a few teams. I could imagine maybe the Broncos. Mm. I mean, the, the only the only thing I w- I would think the Broncos and the Colts. But the only thing holding that back is just that Brady himself wouldn't want to be associated with <laughs> with uh, Peyton Manning. So, and then mm. on the other side of things, may, maybe. I, I mean, I I'm pretty keen on on Miami. I know I know you want to, uh, but. I think it. I just think it'd be too weird to stay in the division, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 weird. It's it's just weird to see the Patriots go not with go out not with like a bang, but more like a, a whimper, mm. really. Especially with how, with how good they were at the start of the season and how amazing we would, that that defense was for most of the season. To see them lose in that fashion and the defense sort of not really be able to deal with. It, but it, I mean, it, at times it did just look like you know, Derek Henry's a, a huge man, but it did just look like scary a, a, a massive bloke beating up kids at some points during yeah. that, during that game, which is really weird from a unit that's been so dominant the whole season. He's just he's just a large boy, you know, six foot three pounds of pure boy, boy. Pure, pure boy, and uh-huh. he's a, and he's a free agent at the end of the season, and I would love for Miami to throw a whole bucket of money in. There's... There's no way Tennessee don't re-sign Derrick Henry. There, there's literally no way. He's 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 proving he's the best running back in the league at the moment. And it's all about the big buck, buck, bucks. Yeah, true. Uh, you know, you know. It, well, I'm gonna get further into it when we go on to our game picks, anyway. But um, yeah. So, so the other thing, big takeaway from the, the uh, wild card games on the weekend was a bit of a bit of a controversy mm. a little bit of a you know envision this right you can You're, yeah envision this so over the last few years the new orleans saints have been uh had a bit of a blatant ref miscalls and yep. some some bad luck in the playoffs that could be said yes um, you know after driving down the field thanks to an amazing reception in 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 the first period of overtime to Adam Thielen gets into the two yard line almost a great great stop gets into third and about six left third and goal um 
end zone fade, Kirk Cousins to the left, Carl Rudolph, game-winning touchdown. Ends a bit anticlimactically. I remember when we were watching yeah. it, it just looked a bit weird. Um, just watching this large man go up and just kind of like, oh, oh I've just won the game. Okay, cool. Mm. I'm just going to... All right. Um, but then we look at the replay and it looks like uh, Carl Rudolph had a little little shovey shove. A little, a little tuggy tug. And, you know, I know it's shocking that yet again we're talking about the Saints getting done over in the playoffs by refs. But for me, I think it was it was a PI. Um, I know, you know, it's, it's one of those where I feel like you could look at pretty much every game in the NFL and you'll see a few catches a game which are a bit like this and almost every week they go different ways you know one week we'll see that given as a pi another week we'll see that wiped off and it basically changes with each officiating crew but for me that should be a pi he's rudolph's waited until the ball is close he's just basically thrown a stiff arm on williams to knock him off balance and then is able to make an uncontested catch um I mean, I feel like if it was the other way around and that's getting flagged for defensive PI all day, why would it not be the same for offensive? Um, so for me, it was a PI. What about you, Jay? I think, eh, realistically, I don't think it's one of those that it's, it would be a harsh call, you know, to, to have that in a, in a regular season game. But if, if you're in the playoffs, I do get it. Like every scoring play should be reviewed and it, it was reviewed and they said nothing and mm. uh, the refs let, left the stadium covered in getting hailed at trash from the uh, from the Saints fans but Class. whether or not it was a push off I think at the end it's easy to blame the refs yeah. in, in this situations but the Saints fans should be angrier at their team their team's performance I mean yeah. they were outperformed for three of out of those four quarters and um, mm. Drew Brees went into the second half, eight for 12, 63 yards and a, an interception. That's pretty terrible. And yeah, yeah, he finished the game with over 200 yards, uh, 200 yards passing, but in 78.8% per- completion percentage. But he only had 6.3 yards in attempts. So mm. I, and Alvin Kamara showed a, a lack of production that we've yeah, it, kind of been accustomed to seeing this year as well. It just wasn't good. I mean, I, you, I couldn't have really said it better, Joe. It, for me, yes, it was a PI, but that's not the reason why the Saints lost. The Saints lost because yeah. they they dropped an egg on the biggest game of the season. Um, you know, they we their their best player by far on the day was on the offensive side of the ball with Taysom Hill, and he's yes, he, we've seen him in bits and bobs over the season, and he's a fun gadget player. But when if he's your only point of offensive production, then something's going wrong. Um, and yeah. the the Saints just could not get out of their own way with stupid penalties. That that horrible fumble by Breeze um, in the fourth quarter. No, they mm. they they kept making mistakes that we don't see from that Saints team. You know, we I, I felt like that whole game. I was sort of waiting for the Saints to just you know, compose themselves, be like, okay, right, well, let's just win this game now and get it together and start firing again. And it just never really clicked. The PI call is, it is what it is, but the Saints can only blame themselves for losing that game. And also, to be fair, give credit to the Vikings and Kirk Cousins, who played phenomenally. Uh, you know, Kirk Cousins receives a lot of stick, rightly or wrongly, for his big game, um, no-shows or, 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 you know, mishaps. But he was absolutely excellent yesterday, I thought. Yeah, he did exactly what he needed to, to be honest. Like, uh, I know uh, Stefan Diggs was getting annoyed at, at some points in the game when he wasn't receiving the ball as much. He's, he's a little bit of a diva. But, um, uh, yeah, just I think I think that, that, that Saints O-line despite, allowed 12 sacks in total on the season and allowed three sacks on the day. The Minnesota mm-hmm. D-line was really good. Um, just both run def- 
their their rush defense and just getting getting to the quarterback with with Daniel Hunter and um, God, I've had an absolute mind fart. But who am I thinking of? Who are My you God, Daniel Hunter and who's the other one? <laughs> he's he's super famous. Um, I'm gonna have to check the notes on this one. Um, nah, screw it. I'm just gonna, you know, but uh, uh, <laughs> Emerson Griffin, Emerson Griffin, that's the one. I always have mind farts <laughs> with names, you know. Um, but you know, that, that's the kind of thing, like you said, it was penalties, missed scoring opportunities, and just uh, despite a few big, big, big plays. Um, and yeah, Michael Thomas was, was good on the game, he was your best receiver on the game, but. Despite a few big plays, the Saints receivers didn't had really struggled all night. And their secondary, mm. despite having Marshawn Lattimore and Ma- Marcus Williams, who have been in the Pro Bowl in, in years got prior, burnt deep. got burnt deep on numerous times to Adam Thielen, two of which led to scores. I think mm. they just underperformed at the end of the day. It's it's not down it's yeah. easy to say, yeah, this might oh the ref screwed us again. But one, you, you don't mm. know what's what Drew Brees and and the Saints offense are going to do when they, if they got the ball back after a field goal, but and also I can't imagine it would have turned out any different just given how how they've been performing. Yeah, um, I mean the the pi the pi call sucks, but the the plates the, the the Saints sorry did not play well and didn't deserve to win the game, and that's you know that's the important that's the important takeaway I think from the game. You can complain all you want about the rest, but if you if you play trash, then ultimately you deserve to lose. That's the be all end all of it. Um, what, one, one other little takeaway I just want to kind of throw in here for the wild card, just get your opinion on it. Is was it a bit disappointing to see um, in that Eagles game Carson Wentz go down in the first quarter with an injury? Yes, yes, it was. I, th- I feel like you know you never like to see from a you know player player first perspective and you know athletes. Um, you never like to see people get injured full stop if they're on if, you know if they're if they're a player that's on your most hated rival then even then you still shouldn't be glad that someone gets hurt. Um, but I think also from the spectatorism of, of this game in particular, as soon as Carson Wentz went down, I think you, me and Sam were all like, well, that's pretty much going to be it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, because, you know, that that Eagles rosters looked banged up with, even with Wentz out there. Um, you know, at times it, it almost looked a bit like a preseason roster where you were sort of scrambling to try and work out who just caught that pass or who just did that, that, that block, etc. Who et the hell is Boston, Scott? Exactly, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, credit to Josh McC- Josh McCown. He yeah, he didn't have a know, bad he, game. To he, be he fair, he was good. He was decent. He was decent. But yeah, it was it was a downer that Carson Wentz, you know, got injured so early on, um, and I think from that point on, we we all sort of thought it was going to be a Seahawks win, but it didn't actually end up being as convincing as we thought it might be. To be fair, yeah, they kind of lingered in there for for a fair amount of the game. They they had a few chances at the end to to tie it, but. Mm. It's just a, you know, like it's, it's it must have been difficult to watch as an Eagles fan. I, I know a lot of the media were taking the Eagles in that one, um, but I took the Seahawks because I took the Seahawks. I'm a genius, and 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 I that, know how many times they've got injured. There you go. There it and is. That's the main folks. Thing. Joe is a football picking genius. I'm a guru, and. Uh, on note of the Minnesota game, let's get, let's get into the the previews for the divisional round of the playoffs. Please um, do. We've got num- the sixth seed in the NFC, Minnesota taking on uh, number one in the NFC, Sam Fran. 
Um, who do you th- who have you got on this one? Who you got? Mm. Um, I mean, mm. with all due so as I said, I was really impressed with the Vikings. To be fair, on Sunday, I thought they played a really good game um, on offense and defense. I thought that Kirk Cousins showed up in a big game, um, and I felt you know I was, I was I was quite happy for him in that respect because of the stick that he gets. Do I think that that that's going to translate to a another upset of the 49ers? Absolutely not. If I'm honest, I think the 49ers are going to get the win against the, the Vikings this week. And I think that they are going to sort of write the 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 script. And um, yeah, I, I, I can only really see the 49ers winning this one, to be honest, Joe. What about you? Yeah, I, th- I think the it's going to be a heavily... There's quite a few of these, to be honest. But the rushing attack uh, in this game will probably make the difference. I think the mm. 49ers just... While the Minnesota is obviously shown with Dalvin Cook that they're really good at running the ball i just think the weapons for this this for 49ers they've got three very capable running backs in telvin cape tevin coleman raheem moster and matt breeder um and kittle always seems to get open on play action passes i swear to god this man is an absolute unit um Machine. yeah he's just he's just gonna get open he's gonna be the the difference maker they're gonna establish the run early uh, well, this is what I envision anyway. Establish the run early, play action pass to kill all day. He's going to be open. You can't, you just can't cover the man. He's he's ridiculous. Um, yeah. And while, while I think, you know, the, the one difference maker I see potentially with Minnesota is their pass rush, who, who has caused problems. And we saw them cause problems in the Saints game. They were really um, good in the Saints game, I've, yeah. Yeah. Now, I've, we've seen McGlinchey and Joe Staley uh, give up a fair amount of sacks in the season. Um, so I could imagine the Vikings, you know, maybe exposing that, but getting I, some pressure on old Jim. Yeah, I think um, Carl Shanahan's coach of the year. He's gonna he's gonna Reach. have lots of like if if in the case that they're giving up too much pressure, he's gonna start running, you know, jet sweep motions with with the wide receiver, get someone open some way, um, and. I think the Vikings run the ball well, well too, but just not good enough. I think it's going to be a pretty clear San Fran victory. But well done, Minnesota, for getting here. And that's the main thing. Yeah, well done, Minnesota. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, get, I agree. I, I, I think uh, my... A participation award. <laughs> well done, you tried. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, th- I think you're right. I think, as, as you sort of put, touched on there, Kyle Shanahan is basically too smart a bloke and has is in a situation where he has all the weapons at his disposal that he can, you know, he's good at in-game adjustments. He's good at, you know, being creative on the offensive side of the ball, even when things aren't going particularly well. He's good at changing things. And he's in a situation with San Fran, which is why they've been so successful this season, where he has the weapons in each sort of aspect of the offense to be able to change things up and make things work. Um, You know, even though that Minnesota pass rush was, also against the Saints, I think that Shanahan's smart enough to be able to find ways around that for yeah. San Fran to still be able to establish establish themselves on the offense. Yeah, um, we haven't even mentioned that 49ers defense, who which just is been sick, amazing. Yeah. yeah, they've just been possibly, in my opinion, the best defense of football. I know they kind of slowed down near the end of the season in some aspects, but I think they're going to come into this fresh. They're going to take over the game. Um, I don't think they're necessarily going to get many sacks just because I don't think Kirk Cousins is going to throw the ball that often. Mm. But um, yeah, that's that's what I imagine happening anyway. 
Yeah. Um, and we're moving on to the next the next uh, Saturday game. Uh, it's another number six team in the AFC now. Ooh. Tennessee taking on the number one. Oh, here we go. Baltimore Ravens. Here we are. Do you want to begin or shall I? Oh, no, please, Jerry, it's your team. You, you take it away, sir. I will admit, okay, mm-hmm. I will admit I'm watching Derrick Henry run all over the Patriots. Um, did instill a bit of fear it in looks me. looks nasty. But as a, as a Baltimore fan, this is kind of how I hoped, even though didn't necessarily predict, but how I hoped the AFC playoff picture would turn out in the sense that we're not, we're not going to have to play Houston or Buffalo, who, I mean, Houston would kind of demolish, <laughs> but, you know. Um, we, we, <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying how it is, you know. Um, but I, I can imagine this, this Tennessee team, it's, it's a, I think this game might only take an hour. Yeah. Honestly, because I don't, I don't envision them not get feeding the ball to Derrick Henry as, as often as possible, especially if he's going to have the same sort of success. And I'm not saying he will, because I think Brandon Williams is a in great interior um, and Arthur Pierce as well. Great interior uh, run stoppers and run stuffers. And they're not going to allow that, that, inside run that the Patriots seem to get gashed yeah. on every week, every play. Um, I think just the tools that we have on offense, uh, the, just the system that we just installed works. with Greg Roman this year is, yeah. is going to be too much for Tennessee to handle. Yeah. I, I think we're going to end up scoring lots of points and we're going to get ahead early and it's going to be the same thing that we, we do. And I don't think that Tennessee style of offense doesn't work if they're trailing. Um, yeah. Really. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't help if you, if you're trailing in the football game. I know Mike Rabel managed to do the the whole two minute offense of just handing the ball off to Derrick Henry against the, the Patriots somehow, but uh, I, I just don't think that's gonna that's gonna work here. I think they ain't gonna fly gonna, in Baltimore. Yeah, we're gonna get ahead. We're gonna get probably a touchdown ahead and just sort of sit a touchdown ahead um, at least most of the game. I I do think the Titans have got a good mm. defense. A great rushing attack, but I just don't think. I think our defense is, yeah. is just better than theirs, and our rushing attack is it's just better than theirs. I think Lamar Jackson is an MVP I'd for agree. a reason, and it's unanimous. Baltimore take it. What yeah, are you I mean, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and as much as I hate to you know give you pleasure and agree with your opinions, Joe, I think that you are spot on with this one. It feels good. Yeah, you are spot on. Um, I think it is going to be a Baltimore win. The only way I could see it not being a Baltimore win is if, you know, if something horrible happened, like Lamar Jackson got injured or something like that. Why or... does everyone say that? It's so I'm annoying. Saying, I'm, I don't want it to happen. I'm just saying that if it did happen, then that would be a that would be bad for you. But I don't want it to happen. There's a difference. Yeah, of course it would be bad. He's our starting quarterback. It, 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 what would happen if, well, I, I was going to say Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> but, um, well, um, anyway, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I would agree. I think that Baltimore are going to win. Baltimore will, um, yeah. Ultimately, they've, they've they've got too much for the for the Titans. I think, and as you said, I think if the Ravens get up by a score or a couple of scores early on, then the the Titans aren't equipped to be able to come back with their style of offense. And your you know, the Ravens secondary is too good to be able to give Ryan Tannehill the ability to, you know, make things happen in the air. I feel. Yeah, we we we. I imagine we'd probably handle, you know, AJ, um, AJ, and uh, I think 
you know, this is it's it's just if you stop Derek Henry and you, then you don't allow the play action pass, which yeah. seems to be where they get a lot of their production anyway. So yeah, I, I can't see it going any other way. Let's move on to the Sunday games. Uh, the first of the Sunday games, which is number four in the sure. AFC, Houston takes on number two in the AFC, Kansas City. Who you got on this one? Hmm. Uh, I'm gonna go. I this is I, this is the one that I think I'm probably most stuck on, to be honest, because Deshaun Watson was ridiculous in that comeback against the Bills, like that play where he was getting hit, you know, everyone's seen it, the, the, the Deshaun Watson play where mm. he should have been sacked twice hard and somehow manages to spin out and, and get that big completion. He was straight up ridiculous in the clutch. And we've sort of seen that from Deshaun Watson a few times now, you know, when Houston need a big play, Deshaun Watson seems to have the answer. Um, but the trouble is he's also coming up against Patrick Mahomes, who is, you know, he has, hasn't been as impressive as maybe he was last season, but he's still flat out ridiculous and probably the best thrower of the football in, in the league. Um, it's going to be, I think it's going to be really high scoring and I think this, the Chiefs probably edge it, but I think it's going to be close. Yeah, I I kind of agree here. Like, I, it's going to be surprisingly closer than people think, you know. Um, I know Mahomes... Hill um, in their first matchup they they weren't 100% and that was evident to see uh, and that's what a lot of the Kansas City fans have said after after Houston came up away with the upset um, yeah. I'm hoping in my heart of hearts that Houston you know, pull off the upset here but I can't see it or just with the production that we saw late on in the season with out of Mahomes and co um, I, th- yeah. I think a, a healthy Pat Mahomes and a healthy Tyreek Hill um Travis Kelsey, all, all the weapons that they have, you know, all the bits, all the bits, doing all bits. the bits. Um, LaShawn McCoy having a, a revival of his career late, late on in this, in the, in his years. Damian Williams as well, yeah. out of Miami. You love to see it. Yeah, you got, a, you got a whole list of weapons there, and I, I think just Kansas City will probably edge it. I, I do think it's going to be high scoring. I think it's going to be closer than people give it credit for. Mm. Um, but like, like you said, I, I think Kansas City take this one yeah my prediction is that it's going to be the best game to watch from a neutral perspective next weekend i think it's going to be the closest most points most action because i think i think the ravens will beat the titans fairly comfortably and the way that like said that the way said the titans go at things with the run attack it can be a little bit laborious to watch i feel like mahomes watson is going to be sparks sparks flying air balls everywhere it's going to be chaos and i think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch from that respect yeah, for sure. And, you know, I, well, the other thing, maybe what, what gives it the edge as well is that Kansas City's mm. uh, secondary have they got had better to. They were, this they were year. shopping last year. Um, so m- maybe, yeah, maybe one costly turnover from Watson or something later on in the game might 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 take it there. But it will definitely be an awesome watch. I'm, I'm going to be tuning in, stuck to the screen, hope, praying that Mahomes throws <laughs> seven picks. And we don't have to play him in the AFC Championship game, but um, yeah. So mm-hmm. moving on to the last one of the game of the day, uh, last Sunday game is number four Seattle Ooh. against number two Green Bay. It is a good. One. Ooh, There's another. It's good a good. Game. One. Another close game, I think. Uh, as well. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's interesting to to hear you say that because I really thought you're gonna you're gonna get on the the bandwagon for for Green Bay. No, uh, I'm I'm going the opposite. I'm going I'm going all in on the Seahawks here, champ. 
Ooh. Yeah, I like I like Danger Dangerous Wilson right now. I think that he did enough um against the Eagles and you know flashed moments where you're like, yeah, that's a ridiculous throw. Um I thought DK Metcalf was outstanding as well. Um and I think they're they're gonna roll into Green Bay and they're gonna cause a bit of an upset. I think that the defense on for the Seahawks was decent as well against the Eagles as well. Um yeah. I think a lot of people are, are, are putting this as a fairly comfortable Green Bay win, but I don't see it like that. Uh, I can't believe I agree with you, to be honest. I really thought oh, we were going to disagree on this one. Like I, I think it. we've gone... We, we might have gone four for four. We're so but, in um, sync. See, when Slew's not here, we're, everything's channeled, everything's zen, everyone's thinking the same it's thing. It's all zen. It's all zen. But, it's um, all great. I think that whole... Mantra, mantra that uh, Russell Wilson was spewing at the at the end of uh, the Seahawks game. The the whole road warrior thing like really resonates with me. And mm. Russell Wilson and road games this year, I am indeed. You know, I'm I'm can't stand being at home. It he sucks hates being at home. Joe hates but houses. I do. That's why I sleep on the streets. <laughs> but um, <laughs> anyway, so Russell Wilson in road games this year is a hundred and seven point two passer rating, twelve to three touchdowns and interceptions for a seventy point seven six completion percentage, and Seattle's defense on in the in the same span of road games has been nine has allowed nine touchdowns, but uh, had That's fourteen interceptions. So I think that the whole road warriors mentality, yeah, super resonates with me. I I totally think that. Russell Wilson, like you said, he, he just makes throws that you look at and you're like, Jesus Christ, exactly. how the hell did he fit that in there? That doesn't make any sense. He's just, he's hit the guy right in the hands. In the he wasn't even expecting the ball, but what the, right in the schnozzer. But um, yeah, I think if, if Green Bay can get to Russell Wilson with Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith, they, mm-hmm. they, they'll have a chance to win the game. Um, but I I think that that Packers defense is It's been hit and miss, I think. In the, the grand scheme thing. of things. I think Green they, Bay as a team have been a bit hit and miss at times this season. You know, they've lost a few games where you're a bit like, how have you lost that? You're Green Bay. You should have won that by miles. Um, so, yeah, and I, and I just sort of feel like almost the bye will work against them and it could, you know, see the Seahawks could be catching them a little bit cold, if you get what I mean. Yeah, they're going to have the momentum going into it. I think I think um, the the whole sort of... Uh, Zedera Smith and Preston Smith get a lot, get a lot of credit, but... And like like I was just giving them to be honest, and I'm going to completely you actually uh, think they're screw rubbish. myself over here. And so, <laughs> despite that, uh, the O line for the for the Seahawks being kind of justifiably yeah. not good, um, the Packers ha- actually have the second lowest mm. adjusted sack rate in the NFL. That's a nice little stat. Attack. And I it is a little stat attack. I oh, I love me stats, don't I? But um. The best way to get your stats, by the way, is just looking on the gambling website. Oh, I like they it. Tell we should, you maybe we should make this like a regular little segment <laughs> where it's like Joe's, I didn't Joe's even... football advice. And you just give little... <laughs> Joe gambles away all his money. The best money. place to go for stats is the gambling websites. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so nice. let's go to William Hill. Um, no, yes. we aren't sponsored by William Hill. Um, I kind of wish we were, but I think we should clarify that we're not. But we're if William Hill do you want to sponsor us, then um, the door's always not open. that you can't be. You know, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I do think that it's gonna. A lot of people are gonna just automatically pick the 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 Packers here, but I just think that the momentum's all gonna be Seahawks. 
I totally on board with the, with the Road Warrior hype. I, I've got them getting to the NFC Championship game mm. against their division rival, the San Francisco 49ers. That would be a good one. And that's that going to be a fun be a good, watch. You love it. The three-peat. I've not seen a three-peat like this since... Me, on our fantasy. Oh. There we go. I'll set them up for you, knock them down. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, well, as unfortunately we have to come to the end of the day, uh, the end of the night, and we have to go to sleep soon. So I'm going to have to wrap things up here. Um, you should follow us on The Dropback on Instagram and Twitter, The Dropback UK on Facebook. Um, get up with our news and shenanigans on thedropback.com on our website. Uh, You'll love it. You will love it. I've been Joe. And I've been Matt. See you later. And peace out. <laughs>